to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. This episode is brought to you by She Leads Live. It's the conference for women entrepreneurs and leaders taking place in New York City on November 10th and 11th, 2022. We cannot wait to see you there. We're coming back after a couple of years taking off and we cannot wait to share our thoughts, our ideas and network with all of you live in New York City. So go out and get your tickets today You can go to SheLeadsMedia.com and look for She Leads Live 2022, or you can go over to Eventbrite where the tickets are sold. Just search She Leads Media and look for She Leads Live 2022. See you then. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sugar Coated. I'm very excited today to introduce my guest to you. Her name is Veronica Marquez, and she is the founder of Between Us. Welcome to Sugar Coated Veronica. Uh, Thank you, Adrienne. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you here today and also more excited that uh, Yuri Chusu, who works for me and who was actually a recent guest on the Sugar Coated podcast, that she introduced me to you and to many other women that are absolutely incredible in the Las Comeres network that is based out of Miami, Florida. So I, I know that that's sort of how you met Yuri. I know that she was super impressed by you and everything that it is that you do around conversations. So I just love for you to share with your audience, well, your audience, share with my audience and maybe your audience too, <laughs> you know, who you are uh, and, and a little bit about your background and your company. Wonderful. I'm based in Miami. I'm originally from, from Venezuela. And my oh. professional background is in qualitative research and consumer insights. I worked for over 10 years in brand consultancy, innovation agencies in New York City as a qualitative researcher, consumer insight specialist. I was traveling the world talking with people about all kinds of things, about entrepreneurship in Detroit, uh, diabetes in Brazil, financial services in Singapore and Hong Kong. And, And I found myself being really drawn and fascinated about the human stories. And I just wanted to continue the conversation. And it got to a point in my life when I was going through a personal crossroads. I had recently had my second child and my world was upside down. And I know that this is a a common, a common experience for, yeah. for many women. And I was feeling lost in, in, in my confidence. And I, and I knew that other women were probably experiencing the same. Also women who were accomplished in, in their career, who had a, a, a rich 
life with their communities, with their families or with their friends. And I wanted to go and have those deeper conversations about what was underneath the, the facades, the masks, or, or the different faces that we, put, that we show to the world, but what was deeper inside. So mm-hmm. I invited a group of women into my home in New York to do a little bit of an experiment and have a, a conversation about self-confidence, which was the conversation I was personally struggling with. And combining my my research skills along with my desire for human understanding and connection and coaching, because along the way I got a coaching certification too, <laughs> I, uh, we had a, a really honest conversation about how are we experiencing confidence or where are we doubting ourselves in our lives. And at the end of that night, I realized that all these women whom... I admired, I respected, and they were so accomplished. They were also struggling with their self-confidence in the same way that I was. And that was the seed that then grew into Dinner Confidential and eventually Between Us. So far now, we have done over 500 of these gatherings, thematic gatherings. So each month, we explore a different theme from failure to ambition to sex, money, grief, anger, uh, love, through these intimate gatherings all around the world. We have hosted gatherings in about 38 cities, from Perth in Australia to Buenos Aires uh, in Argentina, uh, Nairobi, Bogota, Caracas, literally all across the world, where we have explored all these different topics. So at the end of the month, all of the facilitators we get together and we share what we have learned about that about that topic. How are women around the world relating to that emotion or that uh, complex topic? And then we write an article with our insights, mm-hmm. with our learnings about that specific topic. And um, we're now finishing our our first book. We just finished literally. Oh my gosh, time. congratulations. Yes, it's really exciting. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Veronica, that is so exciting. I did not know about that. Oh, wow. And I would, I mean, maybe without stealing the thunder from the the book, but these conversations, this is how women interact with one another, right? And and I love that you took the background that you had and you applied it to something that was super personal to you and also so helpful for so many other women. It's so funny. I, I I literally just recorded another uh, guest on on the podcast, and we were talking about this very same thing. We were talking about self confidence, and it was from a uh, building financial wealth perspective. And the guest said that you can learn how to build financial wealth. All the tools, all the information, it's out there on the internet, right? Yeah. But without having confidence as that base, it doesn't matter what all of the tools and information are. You have to know in yourself that you're worthy of sort of building that financial wealth, and then you can apply all the tools. And so I, I just, I admire so much what it is that you're doing and that you've done it in a way that's really, I, I think, like natural for women, right? To get together, to talk, to share. What are some of the things that kind of came out of those discussions that maybe surprised you? There's a lot that has that has surprised me. One of the things that have surprised me most is 
Well, the world of culture, there are, I, I'd say there are like three big things. One is yeah. in so many of our dinners, we keep coming back to how much patriarchal, hierarchical, highly materialistic culture that we all live in all around the world, how much it's influencing our experience as women and also how we relate to a lot of these emotions. So, for example, there's a lot of a stigma around the angry women. So mm. and we have to behave in a certain way. And many of us have learned to, to suppress our anger. Also in, in India, for example, in our dinners in Mumbai about uh, self-love, we learned that the word, the word self-love does not exist in Hindi. Oh. It's, just, it's just not a word that exists. And how younger generations were teaching older generations that it was possible to take care of themselves first that they didn't need to mm. put everybody else first. So it's been really surprising and also in, expected in hindsight how much yeah. culture is really influencing our lives. So we believe that coming together to share these stories and to truly listen to one another without trying to fix, without trying to provide advice, but simply witness one another's experiences, it's in some ways a way to shift culture uh, into a more empathetic, empathic place. Yeah, that's really beautiful because when you think about business, right, you're always trying to provide solutions to problems. And I do think that creating the space to allow conversations to just happen, it's it's very therapeutic. And it's like sort of through that process, those problems might organically solve themselves without necessarily having to come up with some type of a program or a method or, or something like that. So I, I, I love what you're doing. I think it's so important. And I have, gosh, it, it, it's so funny how the conversation that I had just before this was was very much about, also about culture. So the woman that I spoke to, she lives in Hong Kong. Mm. And we were talking about the differences in the finance world between what happens in Hong Kong and then what happens here in the United States. And in a lot of ways, Hong Kong is much more advanced than than we are. They actually, even though there's still you know issues and things like that, some of the things that don't exist there that exist here. Like a man won't necessarily promote you if they think that your husband is, uh, you know, the breadwinner because you're already making money through him. So why should we, you know, advance you? That doesn't happen in Hong Kong, she was mm. saying. So just so many parallels. And I also recently have been traveling and an awful lot I do some work with Rice University in Texas, and I am a faculty member for this program that they run called the Global Field Experience. And they take their MBA students to different countries, and we work with uh, startup businesses in that country. So I actually just got back a couple days ago from Santiago, Chile, and also had been in the beginning of the year in Lima, Peru, and then I was in Berlin, Germany. And it is so eye-opening how culture affects everything when it comes to business, right? Everything. Everything. Absolutely. To business and to life and to absolutely everything. And to life. Yeah. And 
you know, you can, from wherever you're, you are, you can look out and say, oh, I understand that the culture is different. But unless you really truly understand like how culture is expressed and it's in everything that you do and, and it is embedded in you and you don't realize how much it affects you. And I think all women almost have the common experience of uh, living in this world that is very patriarchal. And we don't even realize how that impacts us. Absolutely. We Well, one of the questions, one of the most popular questions that we ask around our dinners, because usually we have about three questions that everybody around the world is reflecting on and then sharing a, and on their dinner table and that we also include in the book, are around what are the, the cultural narratives and what are the cultural stereotypes that exist yeah. in, your, in your culture, in your country around that specific idea, around that specific topic, around that specific emotion and how what what from those narratives do you still carry within you? What has what continues to influence you in how you relate to that emotion? And it's and it's so much. For example, in in our dinners in Tokyo on failure, the women there were having a really hard time trying to find a way in which they felt that they could fail. Because the way yeah. from the from the stories that I heard, from the way women are portrayed in the media to the expectations that society and family have around how, how, how women need to be mm. performing personally and professionally at a, at a certain level where there's really not much room for, for failure and just the amount of pressure that that, that, that creates mm. and the yeah. creativity in some ways for some people. Yeah, and it, it, we put this box around ourselves and don't realize that there are, there are other ways and there are other ways of being because once sometimes when we try to break out of those boxes, we get slapped down and we're we're told to to go back into our box. I have hope that some of the things that are holding us back as women, that we're starting to bring them to awareness. And I hope that they're starting to change. But they all of this, what you're talking about, it has such a detrimental impact on our self-esteem and our self-confidence. Like, how do we take this knowledge and this learning and this shared experience and almost give ourselves grace and and not allow ourselves to to fall into, you know, this cycle of feeling bad about ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about women coming together to share their stories. Because the more we, we share our stories and the more we listen both to our stories, because sometimes we don't even, we, we don't listen to our own stories and listen to other people's stories, then we, the more we remember, one, that we are not alone. That's the biggest thing that keeps coming up dinner after mm. dinner. I thought I was the only mm. one. And I think we have heard that so many times that it's easy to disregard or think of it as a cliche, but truly it is really so profound when you are seeing other women there who you don't know most of the time and whom already come with such interesting experiences, interesting life experiences to hear how they are navigating some of the complex emotions or situations that we all go through. It's really inspiring to to remember that we that we are not alone. And that gives us more of that courage to 
speak up <laughs> for for the yeah. things that 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 matter to us. So that's one way, and the way that that we're going through through inspiring more of these conversations to to continue to to gain that that courage and that true inner confidence, not confidence to in a way that we're feeling bigger than someone else, which I think confidence can be interpreted in that way. And that's, and that can be more associated with arrogance, but that true inner confidence, which comes from knowing really who we are. Yeah. It's so interesting. I I think that when you're doing what you're doing and bringing people together, like on a person to person level, it's a very different uh, experience than what we all seem to have when we're consuming media or social media, right? Yeah. It's we see this this ideal, if it is ideal, or or people doing these things, and you know, a lot of people that I know say to ourselves, "We're not like that," and and so to be able to sit around a table sharing a beautiful meal with other really incredible women and just knowing that these, even if you don't know them, they're sort of your people, that is really reassuring. So I hear you that it's, you know, it might feel cliche to say, oh, I didn't know there was anybody out there like that. But we truly do feel like, especially because we're bombarded with this imagery, we do feel very alone. Absolutely. And and social media is another one of those things that keeps coming up in so many of our yeah. dinners and this really complex relationship that we have with social media, because w- what we're seeing there, we know intellectually that is not the truth. It's not the full truth of right. people's experiences, yet it's hard for the mind not to compare. It's, it's hard yeah. for the mind not to go through those loops of what ifs or obsessively just scrolling to just yes. like, talking that person that triggers us. So we all go through those, uh, through those behaviors. When we, when we've hosted our dinners on, on social media, we've hosted a, a couple of those. We did an exercise where we had to consciously scroll through our feet. Mm. And just take a moment to really read through everything. And then we we realize what a different experience it was to actually open Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever social media that we're using and really taking the time to read and to see instead of just oh, consuming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was through the hyperactivity and, 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 and the stress. So I, I think I lost track to where we were before, but social media is a big, 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 big topic that, that we keep talking about. And yeah, it's very challenging. We could have a whole conversation about <laughs> social media and how that has led yeah. to a lot more disconnection for, for many people. Yeah, I think I think with social media, we have to use it for, we have to use it instead of being used by it. And I think that that exercise that you just talked about maybe tries to train our mind to look at it from a different perspective. I know that there are some accounts or whatever that were triggering to me, inspiring on the one hand, because I'm like, oh, they're doing great things, but also triggering like, oh, I don't think I could do that. And so what I've been doing lately is just unfollowing or just you know, not looking or not even reading, even if it seems inspiring, if it triggers me, I'm not even looking at it anymore. Because 
I don't even know if I want to explore why I'm being triggered by it because I just don't even want that feeling anymore. And it, there is a very complex relationship with social media because you you do get exposed to new ideas, new ways of thinking, beautiful imagery. You know, there's some things that are on there that are incredible, like some incredible artists. You know, I love looking at new art and things like that. But, you know, once it starts getting over into the, oh, I could never do that. That's when I unfollow. Yeah. That's, and even if it's great. even if it's people that I actually like, but for some reason I'm it's triggering, I, I unfollow them. I think that's 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 proper social media hygiene. <laughs> so <important>. yes. <laughs> hygiene. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. That's so good. So I have two questions, just you know, tactical questions. When you were doing these and you're still continuing to do these dinners, are you doing these in person? We're doing them in person, yeah. During the pandemic, we wow. moved to uh, digital for for some time, and then slowly yeah. we started to do them back in person. But I do them in Miami. Well, I was doing doing them in New York first when I was living there, but about four years ago, I moved to Miami. So I started doing them here. And yeah, people are doing them all around the world, uh, mostly in person. That's amazing. So you you get people that are in these different countries to sort of host host the dinners in person there. So you're not flying to Tokyo. Yeah, no, I am not. So basically, after I was doing the dinners in New York, this, this experiment really that I didn't know where it was going to go to, after about seven months, I didn't even know the woman that were coming into my house anymore. It had grown to <sighs> word of mouth. And at that point, I realized, okay, well, this this needs some structure. And I realized there was a potential for this to become something bigger. And I know I knew that it was quite ambitious, what I had in my mind to really understand the spectrum of the feminine experience. But because I've been doing that as a little bit of an experiment and I was getting positive feedback from, from the people that were coming to those dinners, I, I kind of gained, gained that courage to give it a try. So I partnered with, with two colleagues and the three of us, we decided to turn this into a global initiative where we invited wow. through our own networks, through research, because the companies that I used to work in New York were international companies. So through our own network of researchers, coaches, therapists, facilitators, we started to reach out to different women that we thought could be great facilitators. And from there, it just started to grow and grow and grow. And, and, and here, we, here we are. Amazing. Amazing. This, so, so a book is on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other plans to kind of showcase some of this information with the, the, the world? Because yeah, we, we know it when we come together in groups, but we need to also amplify that, right? We need to get this out there in a much bigger way. Yeah, well, definitely the book is it's, it's our biggest, big project that we're working on right now. And it's a collaborative group. So it's over 13 of us who are working on it. Wow. And it's been a truly beautiful um, shared leadership experience. And throughout those dinners, we realized that what are the challenges that we face in having these hard conversations? We all want to be able to have conversations around grief or around failure, but what's getting in the way? And why is it so hard to, to open up? And why is it so hard to listen? So we've learned a lot over the last four mm -hmm. years. And we've also hosted some dinners on very highly sensitive topics like pro-Trump, pro anti-Trump, pro-life, pro-choice. Wow. And bringing people together with 
completely different views to really listen to one another. And that has been just deeply moving for me to be able to facilitate yeah. those conversations and, 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 and challenging as well as you can probably imagine. And so from all of that, from all of that, we, we, we realized that we want to also be teaching and practicing and, and imparting more communication tools, uh, mm. relational tools that can help people to have more of these complex conversations within their businesses, within their families, within themselves. So right now we're doing also a, a global story around disagreements helping mm. people have better disagreements. So couples, business partners, family members. World leaders. <laughs> World leaders, that would be, that's, that's the dream. That's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> to, I, I, I fantasize, I generally fantasize of uh, moderating a political debate <laughs> yeah. through a, a whole different way of listening, uh, pausing, self and co-regulation check-ins to, to ensure that mm. we are, listening to one another and that we are relating from a more centered calm place. So we are right now doing that global study and people are going through a, a framework that we have designed to to have mm. those, to have those disagreements and to have those challenging conversations. So for me the passion is to how can we be having more of these complex discussions, complex conversations in more curious, open, confident, compassionate ways. Yeah. I love this. And you can you can just see how it can broaden from here. Uh, I think that women, we can have those complex discussions because I think that we ultimately want to connect with one another. Not that there can't be disagreements, but and not that that, you know, it it might not blow up sometimes. But I think as women, we have a greater driving force to connect with one another. It'd be so interesting to eventually see how these communication styles can be taught to people that are at very different ends of the spectrum and also different genders, different cultures, right? That is what is going to ultimately bring us together is the ability to talk and not try to win at a conversation or to get everything that we want out of the conversation by dominating the other party. And I think that's what the world needs. That's what the world needs. Where there's a there's a story that has that has been guiding our work, that guides our book and that guides all the work that we're doing. And it's from the Cherokee community here in the U.S. And the Cherokee community, they talk, and we learn about this story from Lynn Twist, who's the author of The Soul of Money and a philanthropist as well. So mm. the story goes that they talked about humanity as a bird. And the bird has two wings, one masculine and one feminine. And the story says that the bird has been growing the masculine wing over the last centuries so much to the point that it has overextended and the bird is flying in circles aggressively mm. trying to, to stay afloat. And there's a prophecy and the prophecy says that in the 21st century, the feminine wing is finally going to be able to extend and mm. the bird of humanity is going to soar. And that wing is going to extend in all humans, all genders. And, and that's such a beautiful story. So this work, it's, it's about how can we be relating from these more 
integrated place that it, that mm. it has the the masculine qualities of standing strongly for what we believe for what we think and and really asserting ourselves and then also having the the humility to listen having mm. the the compassion to try to understand and it's at this intersection really where uh, we can humanize one another we can dismantle the power dynamics that exist in our society today and then we can start to to truly relate as 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 equal in our worth as as human beings amazing i mean I, i'm speechless i just feel i, I feel that <laughs> so hard uh and you, the way that you just described all of that is so incredibly beautiful um and it paints such a clear picture and you know it's my hope that 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 really does come to pass because we certainly need something to heal ourselves um it's been rough for everybody yeah. and you know I, I just i really am a huge fan of of the work that you're doing and the mission behind it and the impact that it can ultimately have. So how can people support you? How can people get involved? How can people learn more about all the work that it is that you're doing? Few places. You can come to our website, everythingbetweenus.com. Also, you can check our Instagram page, everything underscore uh, between us. We also have a, a free guide that people can download, which we, where we teach the number one relational skill to to have those conversations that we know we need to have, but we don't but we don't want to. So it's a very simple step by step guide that can walk you through that inner skill that is inward vulnerability and just how can you go in and, and have those conversations within yourself before going out into into the world. And yeah, I think those are the the main places. Amazing. Do you also encourage people to almost invite others like into their home to have conversations like this? And can you provide any like tips around oh, doing something like this? Yes, 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 absolutely. Actually, there are two more ways you can get involved and facilitate your own dinners for sure. Okay, great. You can apply to become a host. And then you can also join the Healthy Agreements study if you want to participate and and learn this method of how to have hard conversations with someone that is that is close to you so you can participate in this study i can give you the links and maybe you can add them yes in the show notes. yeah please please share all the links we'll we'll put everything in the show notes including how to get in touch with you um, and then also the soul of money was another resource that it sounded like you you know w- would like to share with people so we'll include that as well great thank you so in terms of tips so in the book, we're going to have actually a step-by-step guide because uh, there are a lot of different pieces, but just very brief. If you're curious, just invite a group of a group of people and it doesn't have to be only women. It can be whomever, right? Find like five people, find a topic that you are personally chewing on, struggling with, that you would like to get other people's perspectives and mm. invite them for a conversation around that specific topic. We have to be specific because I try to have those conversations and you know how it goes. We start talking about (laughs) binge watching something to politics, to the topic that we wanted to talk about. So make it intentional, like invite Mm. people to have that particular conversation with a very clear intention of of what's what's the invitation. And then 
uh, give them some prompts or questions that people can reflect on so they will know that it's not only one person opening up, but that everybody's going to be reflecting on the same questions that, that, mm. you can, that you can provide. And then be a role model. So be the first one perhaps to, to open up and remember that vulnerability, it's contagious. When one person opens mm. up, if you have some agreements in that space around intentionality, around confidentiality, you may be surprised that other people may also want to be uh, opening up too. Thank you so much. This has been such a beautiful conversation. I'm so happy that you were able to come on the show and share the work that it is that you're doing and just incredible things that you're doing in the world. And I I can't wait until the book comes out. So please let me know as soon as it (laughs) comes out. And uh, I think that probably a lot of women that are in the She Leads Media community and also just uh, part of the listening base to the Sugar Coated podcast would probably be very interested in becoming facilitators. So you might get a uh, flood of people coming in uh, after they listen to this podcast. So thank you so much, Veronica. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Irene. It's lovely, lovely to meet you and connect with you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. The She Leads Podcast Network.